Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride Pride the the Podcast. Podcast. Featuring special guest, actress and singer Lauren B. Martin. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Hello, everyone. This is Pride, the podcast coming at you in 2022. I am Mr. Braden Bradley. I am Shay Diaz. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wow. I am Darrell Anthony, and it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. And I'm Ashley Mitchell. Special shout out to Rehab Entertainment for making this podcast possible. Thanks, guys. Um, if you were it's Shay possible. Diaz, I would be like, let's just all go to LA. Let, let's just all go to LA to shoot my pilot. They um, said I saw a couple of things on Twitter that was like Shay Diaz did not return from LA. She didn't make it back. We're unfortunately they uh, said fuck the podcast. I'm going to LA. Wow. Listen, I like Shay Diaz. The, I, like them I, I, I actually have them. a I actually, I actually have a question about that. I'm glad you brought that up. What do you guys think? You know, obviously we want to talk about what we've been doing, but I do want to ask, what do you think the real reason of people disliking Shay Diaz was? I think, <clears throat> and I don't know, because I haven't done a scene in Poll of Polls. But By the way, I, we're talking about sex in the city just like that. And <laughs> it's kind of weird. Right. And I, just like I think it's because society and America still is uncomfortable with dealing with a non-binary character in a primetime hit show. I think that's why they don't like them. It's like they don't yeah. know how to deal with it. A I agree with people, that. A lot of people still don't understand what non-binary is. Right. 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 And I like, think it's... Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying like they just don't... They understand like the definition, but they don't understand it. And so, you know, people don't like what they don't understand. Or they don't want it to be in their like day-to-day media consumption if they're right. not comfortable with it you know I mean? yeah because because a lot of people I, were trying to use as an excuse and say oh we feel bad for steve and while that might be true did steve cheat on miranda hello. in the first movie and, hello. Then, and no one seemed to have felt anything then so that's why i definitely felt there was something against the lgbtq community because they just didn't want to support i i think it was more like what brayden said about like you know, it where people weren't used to seeing it. That's mm-hmm. one aspect. The other part, I think it was a little kind of shoved down your throat a little. Yeah. And I think it, this show tried to check as many boxes as it could, which yeah. kind of got a little like, uh, I, I, don't, well, I don't know what to, how to say it. It was I, just a little like, they were placating and like pandering to an audience. But Second City has always been a show that's like pushed the norm and like tried to to reveal what I go ahead. No, go ahead, Ashley. No, I was gonna say I think Sex in the City pushed the norm as far as like women talking and loving sex. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Like right. New York is does check all those boxes so i think they were trying to be more authentically new york but because it was kind of opposite of what sex in the city was before it feels shoved down your throat 
but I do feel like it's more better representation of what New York is. Like it's yeah. not all mm-hmm. like middle-aged white women. It yeah. is, you know, people of different colors, people of different, um, you know, uh, gay, straight, and, you know, it just, it felt more encompassing, but that isn't the sex in the city that we know. I don't know. I I don't know if I totally agree with that because Sex and the City, when it started airing, what, with late 90s or early 2000s, mm-hmm. had always been a proponent of pushing the LGBTQ plus agenda, which no other shows in that time really were. Uh, so for the, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I okay. don't agree with there that. I mean, they had uh, um, Stanford, and that was about it. What's that? They had Stanford. And then, like, like you know, Carrie kissed a girl one time, and like, um, see, that's that's what I was gonna say was that the LGBTQ community were used as a punchline. I feel like more yeah. in the early, you know, kind of. I mean, I mean or like all early shows in the '90s when they tried to handle LGBTQ issues, it came off as cringy. If you go back and watch them now, as opposed to how it is today, like, I mean. It was a whole thing when Carrie kissed that girl. It was a whole thing. And, like, sometimes shows like that, and I say this about Housewives all the time, like, those shows come off as very homophobic and they don't realize it. They think that they're woke, but they're actually coming off as, like, it's bad if you do. Um, I think with the Miranda situation, people were like, a lot of people, I know, Brayden, and you talked about this at the beginning, it's like, oh, we don't know if this is pandering towards Cynthia Nixon, uh, who is a proud out lesbian. They were like, is this pandering toward her? Or is this... You know, I think they handled it the best way they could. Um, but what they have to know, a lot of the actors came back to this show with conditions. Chris Noth, condition, you have to kill me off. And thank God they did because of everything that he's been doing with the allegations against him. You know, Kim Cattrall's like, I'm not coming back. Uh, you know, Sarah Jessica, I want Carrie to be single again. Cynthia, I would like to be in a relationship with... A, a queer relationship and then you know you had and Steve was like I want to wear the ear things that I can't hear in real life all of these actors came back with conditions because they didn't want to do this show no one did um, and so I think that I'm excited to see if they get a second season and we'll see where they go from here but again Aiden has lied to us I did not see him in not one clip and John Corbett said he was going to be in the show well I'm not missing anything lie um, <laughs> so wait Ashley you're mm-hmm. clearly not with us in person where are you right now um I'm still on location um my trip <laughs> got extended and then extended again and then I was kidnapped and then I escaped and then it got extended again shoot no I'm yeah I'm still here in Texas um just spending time with my family I mean the main reason why I'm still here is because I found out that I'm blind as a bat and I needed, I have a eye condition where I needed corrective contact lenses. And so I initiated that here in Texas and they've had to reorder my contacts three times. And so I am currently waiting for the last pair to get in. And once that is in, that should be it. And then I will be back in New York. Um, but yeah, that and in between that, I've just been here chilling with my parents and watching a lot of Netflix and all the SAG nominee movies and eating lots of sweets, not working out. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um, we gonna start that in February. Oh, it is February. Okay, uh, let's try again March. March is when it's gonna happen. I think, isn't April to start a Q2? When is Q2? Yeah, when is Q2, Brayden? <laughs> a- uh, April. Cool, oh, we'll okay. start in Q2. Q2, Q2. Q2 is when 
But y'all aren't going to have enough time because we're talking about going to Miami for my birthday. Oh, and yeah. Ooh. So you're going to have 19, Jane, 19 <laughs> days to drop 100 pounds. Don't know if that's realistic. So maybe we should think about let's, it. Let's, yeah, let's. Um, I think it's time to, to bite the bullet and let's get surgery. I'm with it. A you friend know? of mine just recently got it, and he that he said the worst thing that was the dream that he had that that they were oh, doing. Yeah. He said the dream hurt so bad. I've been chronicling like he's been doing his journey online, and I've been seeing it, and like it's a lot of like fat oils that are coming out. It's it's crazy. Okay, so, I'm okay. excited, you know. Okay. But congrats to people who do. I I might. I her. really want to take the fat that's in my love handles and just shove it down a couple inches into my ass. Yeah, it's like. Why can't I do that? Like, I mean, I can. I you can. Money. <laughs> I think you should. I mean, I think it's a medical thing, and your insurance should cover it, <laughs> right? It, 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 yeah. You know what? I think my, my insurance should cover my lip fillers and Botox as well. They should. What? Well, I mean, listen, we're actors. No. Well, yes. Well, <laughs> some of y'all. <laughs> kind but of. It's more. <laughs> it's more of like a mental thing. Okay, I'm gonna make this argument. I feel like the United States health industry does not take mental health into a serious consideration as they do for the physical health. We all know this, right? So because I feel better about myself when I, when my lips are filled and Mm. when I have Botox, it makes like natural confidence. Mm -hmm. I feel like that needs to be included into the mental health. And these are the parameters that society built. Like, we yes. put these beauty standards on ourselves. Society did. So, society, you should pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. You were 100% correct. Yeah. With all the taxes they'd be taking out of my check, where is that money going? You should be putting that toward our health. I mean, and mental health and physical health. Like, we need those things because one complements the other. Yeah. I actually found out uh, now that I'm an official employee of Perkins and Will. That's Perkins and Will, everybody. Perkins and Will. Perkinsandwill.com. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I found out that I have access to mental health counseling, uh, kind of like how Darrell has through his company. And I was like, oh, bitch, I'm going to take advantage of this like 100%. Because it's like three hundred dollars to have like a, a therapy session in New York. You don't even want to know how much I pay my therapist, and yeah, she's doing a great job. But this is about the fifteenth one I've seen. So how good is she doing? Well, well, we'll see if he needs a sixteenth. So <laughs> right, to be continued. Right. <laughs> to be continued, but right now, right now is okay. Right now is okay. That's she's good. encouraged me to lower. <laughs> She's encouraged me to lower my standards when it comes to dating. I'm like, wow, I think that's a. I've been telling you that for years. That's, a, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mute point. That's, you, got, you got free advice from me on years for that. I was like, yeah, back in like 20, 2009. I, I yeah, but because you. I pay her, I take her much more seriously. Mm. So, wow. she, so you just throw out free money. It's not free money. It's your money. It's my money. <laughs> um, she has said, why don't you start thinking about swiping right on five nine so i call them the five niners because i'm i my height is i'm five eleven and i don't want anybody shorter really so she's like she's like maybe just think about if you're attracted to them swipe right on a five niner um you'll be surprised there's little shorties yeah so i said i'm happy to i'm happy to take you up on that challenge okay but the problem Maybe. is, just not attracted. I'm just not attracted to people. You could be fucking ten foot tall, and you're probably ugly. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. So continuing, continuing therapy, continuing therapy. <laughs> it's a work. It's a work in progress. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's also expensive, but yeah. What else have y'all been up to? I mean, we haven't been on since 2021, so. I know. We've missed you guys. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, I think it, it was taking some time away to really, like, digest. I, I Honestly, I felt lost the moment Betty White died. Um, so I've been in personal mourning. I uh, felt like my grandmother, you know, she, she, she was America's sweetheart. So I think that, you know, people are just really trying, you know, going from December to January is very, very hard for a lot of people. You know, you're coming off that holiday high, you're going back to work, but you're kind of not even at work, even though your body is. So I think everyone was just, at least that's what I was doing, kind of just dealing with that. It's just like, I haven't been at work for a month in my mind, but I've been there every day since January 4th. So, oh no. I actually have not been working because like my, the Rosa Parks documentary ended. And so, but I start the new documentary I'm working on on Tuesday. I don't know what it's about. So I guess I'll find that out. And yeah. Yeah. Is it still with HBO? Huh? Is it still with HBO? I don't even know. I, I'm still with Soledad. So I'm I'm with okay. but I don't know what I literally don't know anything about this documentary. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what network it's gonna be on. They were just like, Hey, here next project, we're having a Zoom meeting on Tuesday. I was like, Great. Bet. So speaking of the Rosa Parks doc. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to air this month, I believe. <clears throat> well, it was supposed to. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> uh, I think it's being pushed to March and going to be, because I think it was supposed to be advertised as like for Black History Month, but now I think it's going to be advertised as like Women's Month. Okay. Um, yeah. Because originally when I was working on it, she was like, yeah, we're going to push for this to come out on her birthday. And I'm pretty sure her birthday just passed or it's coming up. I should know this information and I don't. Um, you know, <laughs> wow. A moment. Wow. I'll check with the producers. Adam wow. should know too. He worked on it. Right. That's why I was like, I'm pretty sure that should have been coming up like, <laughs> like this week. Um, her oh, literally is- it was on February 4th. Yeah. Rosa See? Louise Macaulay Parks was born February 4th. Shoot. Damn. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's still going to be amazing. Like, the, the stuff that we got to see was really eye-opening and just really inspirational. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see how they, like, finesse. How, yeah, how they put it all together. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I really... I felt like I was more... Mm, hands-on with like black and missing with Mm -hmm. rosa i feel like it's all gonna be like new to me because like i didn't go on set at all and like they didn't i didn't go in on the zoom interview meetings really maybe right so like i don't even know what was said in interviews so i'm like really like excited to see what was put together yeah exactly well i hope it comes out soon because i think it's so important to have something out this is black history month mm-hmm. uh and, and celebrating that so i i can't wait to see that and the accomplishments of that show mm-hmm. amen so with that let's take a quick break refill our glasses uh so excited to have with us next is lauren b martin who's part of our pride the series Pride the Podcast family. She is not only an actress, but an amazing singer and just an overall inspirational voice to be around. And happy to call her a friend. We'll be right back with Lauren B. Martin. 
Welcome back, guys. Hi. Hi. I am so happy to bring on, first of all, a very personal friend, an amazing actress, amazing producer, and an all-around amazing woman, Lauren B. Martin. Welcome, Lauren. <laughs> Wee, belly, hello, belly. Belly. hello, hello, hello. My goodness, look at all of these beautiful and handsome folks. So nice to see and hear you all. Part of the Pride fam, Miss Lauren B. Martin. That is for sure. Always and forever. Always and forever. I, I love you. So, Lauren, something interesting. You know, I grew up watching you. Um, and it still amazes me to this day that I get to call you a friend. You know, I know the ups and downs of Dr. Camille Bennett. I will forever <laughs> know that. Uh, we'll forever remember her last line and scenes going on the train. So, like, you've had an amazing career stemming from soaps to nighttime to film. So talk to us about how you first, like, discovered that you wanted to be an actress oh wow well first of all thank you for that such a beautiful sentiment and and i i consider you all family and that is it's a really wonderful thing that that when you have people that have been close to you to actually see the journey and also know a bit more about your life and then actually just the the tidbits that instagram and facebook and, and out there. so thank you and i love you for that um how it all started was an interesting thing. Uh, you know, obviously as, um, as a young person, I had my first break on the beaches of Jamaica, which was, um, uh, I was a little girl and was playing, uh, playing with some baby goats as they do, as they run around. And I'm Jamaican <laughs> if some, some people know. Um, and there was a film crew from uh, Canada with this enormous, uh, kind of like my hat, this enormous abominable <laughs> snowman guy who must have been, to me, of course, I was about four and a half years old, um, must have been probably like six feet tall. And I, of course, wandered into their shots. Um, I just kept walking into their set uh, with my little baby goats in, in tow. And uh, that was my first break. The director decided that they would they they would cast me in that commercial. So um, I think they really had the hots for my mother, and I think that that's what <laughs> happened. And um, it had nothing to do with me or the baby goats. But that's how that first started. But my my first real foray into the business, obviously, um, modeling sometimes leads to commercials, and that had started. But my intention was really in music uh, initially first, mm -hmm. and. Um, when I was in high school, uh, the Cosby Show folks came to do casting at my school, and uh, I kept getting urged to 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 audition. And I said, "No, you know, I'm going to be a singer. This isn't this isn't what I want to do." And then um, I think God and the universe had a different plan. Uh, the Cosby Show used Moss Casting Agency picked. Um, really forced the, their hand and said, you know, I think you have a chance to audition here. And um, I did uh, begrudgingly. And uh, I was the only one they chose from the school. And I made it down to the wire for the part of Whitley uh, on a different world. And so it was um, a big lesson to me in the industry. One of the first ones that I learned, my family knew the uh, the Dr. Poussant, who you saw his name at the end of most of the Cosby shows. Mm -hmm. And I remember my father saying, you know, we could make this happen. This is really uh, about, you know, the business is about connections. And I said, um, you know, no, I want to do this on my own. 
And, um, you know, you do need connections, but I'm proud that I did it, uh, that I did it on my own. Obviously, I didn't get the part. Jasmine Guy did. But years later, when I did get a part on Cosby, um, that was an interesting thing to be able to sort of recant that story. And, uh, of course, my cousin Jada Pinkett Smith was on the show for a long time. And um, it just was it wasn't in the master plan. But soaps for me started also by accident. I literally went to a casting at Sawgrass Mills Mall, which mm-hmm. was supposed to be in Florida, which was supposed to be for um, Sunset Beach at yes. the time. <laughs> and uh, what ended up happening was a news crew was there. Uh, there was a wonderful um, African-American, wonderful reporter named Bo Jackson. And in the sea of blondes that were all lined up, because this was Aaron Spelling, um, it was raining in South Florida that day. And anybody who's from Florida, who knows when it rains, it rains like a MFR. Mm-hmm. And I had a little, little Mazda Miata and I had a hole in my roof and my agent kept saying, you know, you should really go, you should go to this casting. And I said, no, nah, you know, they're never going to cast me. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed race. I'm, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the look. But it was mm-hmm. raining and I figured, well, worst case scenario, if the line is too long, I'll go shopping. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I got in the line and uh, I still have the the turtleneck that I and the jacket that I was wearing. Um, and Bo Jackson, seeing another woman of color, stopped in the line. Now I got big curly hair and she said, put me on on camera unbeknownst to me I didn't know that that camera that was going back to a news feed into a room where Kathy Talbert the head of NBC was watching wow and with her was a casting director from Miami who said oh no I know this girl she actually has some chops and so at that very moment um channel six I think it was um said that we were can we film your audition live now talk about pressure they hand me the (laughs) script it's day, it's a, my first time ever looking at a daytime script and um, they bring me in to this audition and I and I do it for the Channel 6 News, get the notes, the whole thing, trying to keep my knees from knocking and I leave and the next thing you know, down the hall, I get this hand on my shoulder and it's Kathy Talbert and she says, you're not right for this role, but I'd like to submit you for something else. Give me all the pictures that you have. And all I had was a modeling portfolio back then. I didn't have a, a headshot because I, you just went to, to commercial castings and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, she took, I told her, take whatever you want out of my, my, my portfolio. And about a month and a half later, um, I got a call. My ex-husband said, you need to come home and listen to the answering machine. Now, those are the days where we had the, the play out answering machine. Oh, right. man. <laughs> and on the answering machine was Kathy Talbert. And she said, I would like you to come to New York. I want to introduce you to the writers of Another World. And uh, I need you to get on a plane as soon as you can. And I had no agent. Oh. I didn't know how this worked. And, um, and there you go. That's how it started. So, so wow. let's let's back up a whole lot because <laughs> because that is like an, a fantastic, inspiring mm-hmm. story. 
um, especially for all of us who were like have been fans before you even joined the Pride fam. So mm-hmm. you mentioned that you started in Jamaica with some goats. So what <laughs> what brought you what brought you to the U.S. to explore your acting modeling career? Like how did you how did you how did you come here? What's what's that story? Well, no, I was I was born here. I was born here, but my my family really wanted me to experience Jamaica. And I think that that's the thing that a lot of Caribbean Americans kind of go back and forth with is that they're, you know, second or third generation that's here in the States, but never really understanding what life in the island is, is, and it's very, very, very different. Right. And so um, my father wanted me to, and it was, and I tell you this, at that time in Jamaica, um, you know, I was a little, little girl, there were still armed guards on the, on the, the streets. It was still very, a very hostile place. Mm-hmm. The finances in Jamaica and what a lot of people don't know about islands is that, you know, Jamaica didn't get its independence until, I mean, it's, I think we're only 20 something, maybe 30 something years independent at this point. Um, but it was a very, very, very different time. And, um, you know, a couple of times in my life, I've had the opportunity to to, to be and, and kind of be fully immersed in island life. And it's something that I'm very, very grateful for. Um, I think that we have this unfortunate stigma of Caribbean Americans being um, dumb or being Mm -hmm. um, lazy in some particular way. And what most people don't know is that most Caribbean Americans um, are are truly of mixed race. I mean, for me, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm Scottish, Mm -hmm. Irish and Jamaican. My lineage is from Nigeria to Jamaica. But a Jamaican accent is, if you really break it down, if you listen to it, it is, um, it's Scottish and Irish brogue in there. Mm-hmm. There's an enormous contingency of Jamaicans who are Chinese. Um, some of the most outstandingly, like aesthetically beautiful people you could ever see in your in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as you look at, if you look at St. Bart's or St. Croix or the islands, there there is a you know a European culture that's that's mixed into that. Here, when we're here in the in the United States. We're all, you know, this is the one country in the world that had the one drop rule. You know, if you know the history of Showboat, the musical, mm-hmm. where, um, which Ashley, you should learn some songs from Showboat. You can sing oh, a lot yeah. of those. I know you could. <laughs> um, Lynette McKee, who played my mom on As the World Turns, if you want to have a throwback to that, she starred as Julie in Showboat, and uh, which is about a, a, a mixed race woman who falls in love with the man and they find out that she's one drop, you know, that she's a little bit black and that changes things which uh i could tell you about some of the dates that i've had recently on bumble that have uh, unfortunately people found out that i'm you know half black and how how poorly that went really <laughs> really I think yeah, it's, been very, it's very interesting i, have a, I had a date on uh, monday that was um man proceeded to tell me that i was just black in my mind and it was a fantasy and i was like black in and that mind. he uh, <laughs> but he thought that Tyra Banks and Naomi Campbell were pretty. And I said, so you basically have sexualized what you think black women look like. But I watched that um, movie on Netflix passing. Yeah. And he just thought that it wasn't necessary for me to mention it. And I said, well, apparently it is because your reaction said everything. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Wow. I said, as Irish and Scottish as I am, I'm also Jamaican. And that's something that if it's a, uh, if you have a, uh, if you're asking me to define it now, and if it's a question for you now, then it would certainly be a question at a dinner party when I have to defend other people. So, 
Well, his dick was probably small. Um, <laughs> most likely. <laughs> yeah, most likely. Uh, Lauren, it's interesting since you and like something you said earlier about like your knees buckling. I think that's so interesting. Like when you audition, because you've been doing this for a very long time, and you know people still get nervous when they audition. It doesn't matter. And you know, since you, since you and I've met, we've done pretty much every project together. I don't know how yeah, that happened. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, you know, recently you have been nominated with the ISA Awards for several accolades, which I'm super proud of you. We're both nominated for a day. Tell uh, our listeners what ISA is. Yes. So yes. the Indie Series Awards, they've been around. They were created um, by our really good friend, Roger Newcomb, um, and his husband, Kevin. Um, oh, my God. This is, what, 10 years now? With 10 or 11. 12. 12. Oh, yeah. They, they've been around for a very long time. I know before they were the Indie uh, soap awards and then they transfer to the indie series awards which you know to make people feel like you didn't have to be a soap but had to you know something else so Lauren talk about all of the nominations that you've received and the work especially for the wonderful film ready or not oh my gosh so I um first of all yes uh, Roger and and Kevin and Susan and and just uh an enormous props to them for for creating a format in which so much, uh, so many content creators can be, uh, can be honored and also get to, to, to know one another. Um, the Emmys this year really have, have, have sort of whited out. I don't mean that in a racial way, but like have just taken off, um, uh, you know, web series. It's not they part have, of the yes. category yeah. any, anymore. And which is really a shame. I'll just say publicly that, um, you know, during the t- a time of this pandemic where we were all struggling for any kind of way to remain creative or to find a platform for our work, whether it be orally or, or ho- however artistic platform, mm-hmm. so many people who were able to continue to, to make work during, um, you know, make art during this, this difficult time, this was not really the time to, to, to not let it showcase. So I'm so right. very glad that um, the ISAs are doing that. Um, this year, I have to say, I just, I am absolutely overwhelmed and in awe and, and just incredibly humbled to be um, nominated in the, in the amount of categories yeah. um, that I, I really, Reality Sets In is, is a show that I created and uh, co-wrote and was initially going to be a one-woman show. And then I reached out to this this young man, Scott um, Brooks, and we wrote mm-hmm. these characters that are loosely based on parts of our of our life. You certainly can see a bit of me and Lainey and, uh, you know, Clarence and Scott. And we, you know, we lost our funding at one point, our investor passed away and um, I was very sick and didn't know I was as sick as I was and I had to have two surgeries. And so whatever we had, I said, well, let's not lose this, 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 what we've already shot and let's get this edited and let's get this done. And we were lucky enough to, with the help of some friends, uh, go through the Amazon process and get it out there. Mm-hmm. But to get it to for people to view it and to be recognized, we got nominated uh, as uh, best comedy series writing, mm-hmm. um, best wardrobe design, um, um, best um, best lead actress in a comedy series, uh, which was myself, um, best supporting actress, which is Eileen Kristen, 
in a comedy series. Another, um, another friend of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod. Yes, yes. another Pride family. Um, and so we got five altogether. So I, um, uh, wardrobe, writing, series, Eileen and myself. Yeah. And then uh, Anacostia, which is just, you know, really set the set the path for a lot of us in uh, web series and certainly as content mm-hmm. creators of color. Um, yeah. Anthony Anderson has just been, uh, you know, his mind just takes just to some dark places. He's, he's just created some amazing things. And a couple of years back, uh, Martha Byrne, bless, bless her heart, my sister, um, had said, you know, to, she's a producer on Anacostia and had said to Anthony, you know, I, I think that, you know, you should try to create something for Lauren. And he, we had met at one of the ISAs and we got along like a house on fire and laughed. And, and, uh, about a year and a half later or so he got my number and he said, girl, I got something, you know, just hold on. And then he, he came through and, uh, and we, we did that. And I was, lucky and blessed enough to um take home a best guest actress award for anacostia a couple years back uh an amazing role by the way when you first started doing that lauren you know it was at the height of you know we were losing a lot of young black you know for people who haven't seen it a lot of young black um americans and lauren plays the mother of a girl who was shot the kitchen and like to have that scene of you holding your daughter and she's dead and you left her for just a second to go fix food it was, yeah. it was so perfect you know I really credit Anthony for telling that story it was it, it was an incredible story to tell and certainly um you know in Anacostia in in DC uh you know that being the case the the filming those scenes I'll tell you this I've done a lot of different things in my life and I believe that as an actor you know sometimes you're absolutely scared shitless of what it is that you're about to perform or you have Mm -hmm. no sense memory of how how do I get here Mm. um but I tell you you know holding this young actress who played my daughter who was covered with blood was I I mean it took me weeks to really get that imagery out of my head and I had asked Anthony if I, I had I needed a little bit more in a, in a scene and I had really asked him if, if he would mind if I went here and he was such a, a caring and wonderful director and um, you know, with his due respect uh, gave me the, the room to, to, to stretch a little bit. And um, yeah, I mean, I literally, I, I threw, I remember I threw my shoulder out um, because I was flailing myself on the, on the ground with that. Mm-hmm. And then picking up this, this beautiful child um, who just was, it was very disturbing and I can only imagine. And I really feel, uh, I felt very lucky to, to take the award. I felt very lucky to also have a little bit of a platform to actually speak about gun violence in the country and how many people we're losing. And, um, and yeah. And then this year, we got 15 nominations. Yeah. Um, this That's is a, a, the family of people that create this show and the people, the, the amount of work that these uh, act, fellow actors do and the amount of dedication financially and emotionally um, that comes from trying to create your own work is, is a lot. And so Anthony took the show and the cast took the show in new heights and directions and some people who really put 150% in um, 
just really stretching themselves and very, very proud of them as, as, as actors as, as well. And, and also honored to be nominated as, as best guest actress again. So I, I feel really blessed and so excited for everybody. And then forever in a day, which was super awesome to, um, I play this r- ridiculously manic. Uh, wow. Maniac in the world. That show's crazy. And you're crazy in that role. Like <laughs> it's it, like, it's something that I can't even visually see. Obviously it's an audio soap opera. Um, please go check it out. But like Lauren, I, I was scared for my life. You, you came up to shoot everybody pretty much. Um, and I remember telling Ashley and Adam them, I was like, I think I die in this show. I don't know. Like it was one of those being excited to see who gets shot and who dies. Um, spoiler alert, I didn't die. But right. it, it, it's so interesting for you to be playing that role. And you've really made me like see you on stage with the gun and doing that. Like you could really Thank visualize you. it. It was so well done. Super fun. Sad for me that because of because of scheduling, I was never I was never able to do it live with the cast. Yeah. Um, but I really had asked um, that I, that I thought that this was really fun, and I think the fun thing, I, I, just a thing that I'll put out there for for young actors, everybody is, and it's just lessons that I constantly have learned from the teachers that I've worked with. We always have a little bit of an issue when we have to play. Um, obscurities, uh, you know, drunk, ad- drug addicted, crazy, sexually addicted. Um, mm-hmm. It is really, it, there's, there's a fine nuance of, of trying to figure that out. And it, it is about finding the voice of that character. Um, you know, I had an amazing teacher that would always say that even in the worst of characters, you have to find something likable about them. Yeah. And um, I love, uh, I, I had asked with them too, can we, can we give Dominique a little sense of humor and something? Can you get to be that kind of crazy pants? You need to have a little bit, you still need to have some fun. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's take a minute to talk about probably one of your most important roles that you've ever played in your career. Just the most impactful, <laughs> just like probably the gateway to the Oscar. And that would be your role in Pride the Series. <laughs> As, as Tia Angie. Like that for me, yeah. I've never seen you perform better than playing Tia Angie. And props to us for giving you that platform. So I just wanted to say that's right. And I wanted I I want to hear your experience as um being involved in this lovely, lovely show called Pride. Well, my goodness, let me tell you something. Nobody does uh, craft services or, or car trips to the, a winter location um, where I was I was forced to um, to to smoke strange clove leaves because I, my character has had cancer. Um, um, out, like you know. I don't really know what, what the blanket was very itchy. I just want to say. And so it was a little difficult, you know, one of those scenes where I was outside, but, um, this sounds about right, right on track with pride series. um, You know, my son changed, um, drastically over the years. um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Um, I love when I get to do scenes where I'm wearing, um, uh, hot rollers in my hair and, um, (laughs) You know, for all the times where I get to be beautiful and glamorous, it's sometimes just nice to wear a bathrobe. So I want to thank Pride for that. 
Oh, sure. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We're just really <laughs> out there trying to humble. Comfort. Humble comfort. Art. Yes, comfort is key. Um, and I, you know, and let's just also say, let's, as a reminder, I, you know, I was, I was very grateful to get a nomination for Pride as well. Yes, ma'am. You sure did. Yeah, okay, there we go. And, and what, <laughs> we went to those. We, 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 yeah. we did. We, we, yeah. we drank a lot since then, but we were definitely there. We drank a lot there. Uh, Lauren, <laughs> you know, what I say about your performances, if you hear mind, they're so nuanced special because they can be really small moments and you just get it. I remember telling you, I was like, Lauren, you just get it. Like when it comes to like mm-hmm. something you get and the, like to see you on screen, it's just mesmerizing. You're like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm all about it. And I, yeah. also, I would say to see like behind the scenes, like I don't think I spent any like real scene with you besides maybe like a big party. Me but, either. Like, watching, watching you watching you and your craft and your element oh, behind the you. camera just by being a person like on set watching you like mesmerized just thank by you yeah. so I, much oh my god that is first of I'm, all i just wow thank you um i feel i almost meant to cry i feel like you we all want to have a moment in in, in our life where there's something that you um you feel alive doing, you know? And I remember my dad saying to me, um, you know, parents are always so concerned when their kids are, are artistic in some way, because as a parent, you can, you can say, my child is this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And every time I go home, and I'm sure since all of you, whenever you go home to your hometowns, everybody wants to know how to get their kid into the business or this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know with music, it's very, it's automatic and it's tangible. You, you can hear, other people can hear your child sing or play or see their prowess on the soccer field or in the football field or basketball court or what have you. But with acting, it was something that was, um, it was a chance for me. And I remember my father saying nervously, my dad was a judge most of my life. And, uh, you know, when I first aired on Another World, my dad would, would, was so nervous and he would go to the judges chambers and he'd turn on the television and he had nothing but hope that I would be okay. And that I wasn't going to make an ass out of myself and then I would do all right. And over the, over the years, he has always said to me, there's just something different that happens to you in that moment. And I feel really akin to people's words and, and sometimes, um, I really want to ask the questions. I think that the thing that we I've learned over the years is don't just yes, 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 a director or don't just take the notes and go like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, You have to really time is money on a set and being intuitive and being, and, but also being caring about, I've worked with some actors who are extraordinary, but they, they don't care about anybody else's performances. Their energy is not there for the team. And that's something that, especially in all the independent work and certainly in daytime when we had to work so closely and move so fast, is that caring about the other person's work and the energy and really being engaged with them, even when the camera's not on you, is really important. And I have had actors um, years later apologize to me for basically giving me like this post to use as my close up for the, my scenes with them because they just didn't, they couldn't be bothered, you know, that they didn't want to be there for a close up. And I think mm-hmm. that that 
acting is not just when the camera's on you. It's really trying to immerse yourself. And sometimes it's not easy to leave a character. There have been times where um, you also have to know as a young actor, I think sometimes too, is that it's okay, whether it's whatever method you choose to get there, uh, whether it's Stanislavski, whether it's, you know, um, Meisner, whether it's whatever screwdriver you have in your toolbox that's helping you get to that particular point. There's no right way. You have to just be able to make sure that the people that you're communicating with understand that. And I feel very lucky. Look, I bartend a lot of my life and I have a lot of my life to be able to live this creative life. And any day I get to be creative, whether it's behind a microphone or on a stage or behind a camera, because I love to direct as well, I feel really super, super blessed and lucky. And I truly do believe that there is no deadline on your dreams if you continue to just be able to get to create. Every time I get some kind of recognition, you know, it is another, it is, it's another reason why I stay. And yeah, I stay because I know it's truly what makes me happy, but it is really nice to, to hear things like that and to be noticed in that way. And so thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Like I, I got to personally work with you on set of uh, Pride the Series and I, it was, it was an honor because I, it was very nerve wracking, honestly, but (laughs) you, yeah, I, I, you just brought me to your level and it was like, all right, like, okay, this is great. This is going to, this is going to be a great scene. So did you get nominated? I, um, (laughs) (laughs) listen. Listen, we're trying to lift each other up here. <laughs> First of all, what he should have got nominated for was his ability to contour. Yeah, on top, yeah. on top of just being, you know, on top of just being fabulous. So that is the kind of thing. Thank you so much for 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 saying that. But you know, um, you. I I appreciate that. And we had the sweetest sweetest director that I, that our our second season together. Uh, Michael, who I really, Aww. I think he's just such a, a love bug of a human being, and uh, I, we need to work with him again for sure. Yes, we love Michael Pomerico. <laughs> what is what what's coming up next for you in your life of acting, or just in your life in general? Well, my goodness, um, a couple of things are are um, a, a mixture of all the things. I'll say, um, uh. I have a, a show called Paper Empire that has been in the mix for a couple of years now um, that is um, continuing to grow as, as far as the cast. Um, I was very, very blessed to be part of a movie about 20 years ago that um, will be shown throughout the series um, and then was brought back about four years ago, uh, very kindly, and I say this this way, this will segue into the other comment. Um, you know, when I, I have been sick and and I didn't look my myself and, um, you know, the industry is not friend business or I feel sorry for you business, it's show business. And right. it's it's shitty, it, it sucks and it sucked and people were unkind and they were, they, they, because I wasn't, uh, I didn't, you know, constantly post about what I was going through medically. People just assumed all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and were unkind. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And unfortunately when you, um, I don't know how to say this any other way, but just to say it, uh, people don't really feel sorry for you. If you, if you were pretty in a certain way, they just are like, well, you know, you still have your face you know, that type of thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, did not know 
the length of things I was going through medically and truthfully just trying to keep my head above water at the time and keep some dignity in the process. However, um, the writer director of paper empire was one of the few people who, who maybe because of the length of our history, I don't know, but brought my character back. Um, it's hard for me to watch because I certainly don't look like myself. It's hard for me to watch reality sets in because I was really, we didn't know I had the tumors at that time. We just knew that I was not well. Um, but they will be bringing me back to paper empire. Paper empire has, uh, Cuba Gooding jr. Um, Kelsey Grammer, Ann Archer, Denise Richards, um, uh, John Enos, uh, Timothy Gibbs, who is my love, who Timothy Gibbs, if anybody remembers from Another World. No, Timothy, um, yeah. And he and I are dear friends. And so I love working with him. Um, uh, Billy McNamara, William McNamara, who he and I were originally in the original cast. Um, uh, Robert Darby. Um, and, I, I don't know if I said Ann Archer already, but a lot of people. And, you know, nominally small part, but I am woven through. And so it'll be interesting um, to see. And I'm looking forward. I guess I come back sometime in March, hopefully. So we'll yeah. see that. Um, most importantly, I finally found the... Uh, I had been misdiagnosed for a couple of years. And so that had led to a, a lot of pain. And uh, I, in the middle of the pandemic was just at my wits end and in a lot of pain and found um, the right doctor and specialist and um, you know, healthcare in the United States is, is, uh, is not equal and fair for everybody, unfortunately, but um, this specialist uh, has cost me two arms and four feet, but I have never felt better. And I owe the fact that I am, you know, we had, medical trials that were not easy. Um, but I feel really great and it feels really great to be feeling like myself, looking like myself and, uh, and pain-free for the first time in about 10 years. So I feel like I have a lot of living to do. And, um, my friends have made me sign up on a damn dating app. So (laughs) tragic. Love Uh, it. I had a quite a, quite a, date last week um but i'm i'm trying you got to get yourself out there um i'm writing uh a christmas movie which i've been working on for a while and i am slowly putting together a book that it will kind of encapsulate a lot of my stories and hopefully some some positive messages out there wow so i mean honestly lauren like most of the times that we would see on the soaps your life is to be continued and it's going <laughs> to continue and it's going to grow. We are so, it's been so amazing talking to you today. We love you. We're so glad to not only be a fan, but a friend. Um, so can't wait to see you very soon, Lauren. So before we let you go, tell everyone where they can find you and follow you on social media. Yes. Um, so hi. So amazing. Yes, please, please, please do. Um, uh, I know that social media is important and I... I'm hopefully trying to use it. One of the the causes that I'm behind a lot and those that know me know that I speak a lot about suicide prevention and, um, and uh, unfortunately in the last, that makes me sad, but fortunately in the last six months, I lost two more friends to suicide. And so it is something that I will continue to talk about at nauseam. So you can find me just Lauren B. Martin, uh, on uh, Instagram, and then I have um, 
uh, they have two pages. One, and they're both, I never stopped, like, I never did a private and a, and a, and a fan one because I just figured, you know, uh, Robert yeah. De Niro told me once that if, if, you, if you try to create a second persona, it becomes hard to keep up with yourself. So the best thing to do is just be you all the time. And um, I think that for the youth of today, and, you know, and I consider myself a young spirited person, I think that's the most important thing. Like, yeah. You know, if you're trying to catch up with some other version of what you want the world to see, the shit, those lines cross eventually at some point. And it just, it's exhausting. So be you authentically, a hundred and fucking 20% all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, the only person you answer to is you. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we're trying to do. But yeah, find me. I could, I could use some followers and leave me messages. I'm pretty good about getting back to them. Um, if you haven't watched reality sets in, if you have Amazon prime, it's, it's free, please watch Anacostia, which is on YouTube. Um, and stay tuned for paper empire and, um, just, you know, continue to be kind and patient with one another. (laughs) So yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. And we will be talking to you soon, my dear. Yes, and I'm going to hug you even sooner. All right. Yes. Love, Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, guys. Hi. And we're back. Welcome back. Oh, my God, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone I love Lauren. Out- yes, everyone go check out her show on Amazon Prime. She's also on Pride, so check out Pride. I mean, honestly, right? Yeah, go check out Pride the series on Amazon.com and Tubi TV. And we Tubi check TV. Out, and check out her show as Adam was saying, Reality Checks In, and also Forever in a Day podcast. Um, yeah, Lauren has some great projects out there. And if you want to watch any old clips of her as Dr. Camille Bennett on As the World Turns, you can also find that on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to watch T Angie, just check out Pride the series. Oh. Or if you want to see her in person, you can go Tuesday evening to Short Stories, the bar. Speaking of, we mm-hmm. are having a little shindig, a little uh-huh. Valentine's Day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. event at Short Stories in the Lower East Side or the Village. I don't know, whichever. On Bowery, Bowery yeah. Street. You never know. That's like a that's a questionable point. Is it Lower East Side? Is it the Village? What have you? If you're in New York City and want to celebrate Valentine's Day, come play with us at Short Stories on Bowery. Yeah, from yeah. six to nine, we'll have happy hour specials, food, drinks. The cast of Pride, the podcast will be there. The core four, and Lauren, um, and Lauren, of course, yes. I and, will not um, be there. <laughs> That'll be the core three. Oh, the call three. The call three. (laughs) (laughs) That's the story. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was so crazy listening to all of Lauren's story. Like, she was talking about her time on the Cosby show and how she almost got the role of Whitley. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Which, yeah, it's crazy because I know we recently, we need to talk about Cosby documentary came out, Mm -hmm. which is wild. Like, I think Lauren dodged a bullet. You know what I'm saying? did i wanted to say that in the interview but i was like uh let's not go there but she dodged a bullet because i mean she did end up being on the show but like not in that capacity and it's like god cosby was like a real monster wow like anybody i mean trigger warning it's it has a lot of heavy content obviously about women being abused and and um sexually violated but um it is a 
good informative watch and like and makes you think about like the celebrity like I don't know these big celebrities that have all this power yeah and it makes you think about like you know like everybody's still human and nobody is exempt to do whatever they want just because they have fame and power and it's it's sad you know honestly because like Cosby did a lot of stuff for the black community but he was also a monster yeah and it's just a shame it's I think it's hard actually for people especially for people of color to contend with because here's the thing we have this discussion a lot of times when it comes to people like uh, Cosby R. Kelly Michael Jackson it's very hard like it, it the people of color, we don't have many people that we have as heroes or that we see as heroes. All of those people really did inspire the the African-American community through their work, through their art, their music, mm-hmm. um, you know, but they obviously did bad things. So I do see why sometimes people of color, it's very hard for them to condemn those problems, even though they should, because they're like, yeah, but like, we don't have that many heroes. We don't have that many people to look up to. We don't have that many people that right. change our lives. And it's a very interesting conversation to have. And I've had it with a lot of my family and cousins who are like, listen, we know it's wrong and we condemn that, but we can't not love and remember the things that about them that were good, that inspired us. So like, it's, it's a very interesting conversation. Yeah. And I, you know what? I think when it comes to like, can you separate the art from the artist? I really don't think there's a right answer, except for that, like, if there's something out there that's bad and it's true, you can no longer financially support that artist. But in the case of like, you know, so many comedians like came after Cosby and who they are because of Cosby. Um, some people are not able to separate that, but like you can still recognize like, okay, what this person did was bad and I can no longer support them, but I will still take what I took from them that made me into the artist that I am today or what have you. I, you know, but it's, it's tough. It's tough and it's sad and it's weird and it's awkward. And well, I mean, there's been so many, you know, like you said about comedians and I think comedians both black and white you know even bob saget rest his soul he actually said that cosby inspired him you know to tell the kind of jokes and things that he were able to tell on stage and yeah it's 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 rough but we also know right from wrong yeah Um, and that that's also the crazy thing about uh cosby is because it wasn't yes he did so much for the black community but it wasn't just the black community it was just everybody like he was considered america's dad not black america's dad right Mm -hmm. and so like um, and yeah, like people looked up to him and it just sucks. And it, but you know, he has to pay for what he did, even though he's out right now, which is wild. Yeah, that's what I don't understand is like you can be accused and guilty of having 30 years of rape underneath your belt, but then Whoopi, who's on the view and says one thing, which she apologizes within 24 hours. And then she's kicked off the view for two weeks. And that happens in 24 hours. But with Cosby, yeah. it takes 30 plus years for him to be convicted and also set free. And, and I don't I, understand. And I have to tell yeah. you, though, give it up to his lawyer because finding that technicality is crazy that they were able to find that. And, mm-hmm. and what they what they did to Whoopi really scares me because this is the second time in history where Whoopi Goldberg has been ostracized and put aside for something that she said. The first time was with uh, George Bush um, and she was, no one in Hollywood would hire her or work with her. And the first person to hire her was uh, Barbara Walters. Um, 
and now this is happening again and it's feeling very eerily reminiscent of it and I don't know how I feel about it. I mean I know how I feel I, me and Brayden if you want to check us out check us out on Twitter we cussed everybody out y'all you're dead we, cussed, <laughs> and we had a whole conversation with ourselves cussing at folks yeah. just talking but like it, it's, it's nasty and did you see yesterday Sarah Haynes posted a support for Whoopi like no. she, she posted a picture on her Instagram and then Whoopi taking a se- selfie and she's like that's my whoop and people went on there and they were like, Sarah, you piece of shit. And she's like, no, fuck y'all. Yeah. She's like, whooping my girl. She didn't mean that. She said, we've had, as Sarah said, we've had other hosts and guests come onto the show and say much worse. Yes. And that was all she needed to say. Because I was like, Megan McCain, she got it right there. And I was like, it's so true. Like, why are they doing this? And then I've, I, I hear through page six, which I hate the New York Post and page six because it's mm-hmm. Rupert Murdoch and so Republican. And oh yeah, he's not even an American citizen. He might be, but he's from Australia. Anyway. Uh, I I hear that Whoopi is threatening to not come back to the View ever. I don't think she should. I don't think she should either. She doesn't. Them. She doesn't. She need, don't need that money. Like, check. I've done that. Like yeah, she don't need that money. She no. Join them and get their own spinoff and get their own show. They it all would, they all they all four should just leave and get their own. That show. would be. I would never watch The View again. I would watch their own shows, though. Um, mm-hmm. Megan McCain, she wrote that article about Whoopi afterwards, which is so confusing because she wrote an article saying, you know, Whoopi should pay for this, but then she's supporting her friend Joe Rogan, who as of today has had 110 episodes deleted from Spotify for the use of the N-word, where he proudly was running through there saying the N-word, but Megan said, well, that's different. What the... Fuck. How well, is that? How is it different? Because it's Black History Month, and she said, "Y'all ain't nothing but a bunch of." Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's what, that's what she said. She did not. Is she that was, what she said? That's what she said. <laughs> no, but I mean, she did say it was it, to her. It was different because Joe was using it in everyday speech, and it was just like, "What?" Well, everyday speech is just because it's everyday speech doesn't make it right. It makes it even more the wrong. Right, that you've integrated in your into your everyday speech. Oh, I'm so mad. I obviously what Whoopi said was like uh, kind of tone deaf, and she didn't mean it that way. But she didn't mean it that way. And she and it's to me, it's just like very evident. Like people, you can tell when people are being hateful and just like very ignorant. And she she just said the wrong words, and she didn't articulate what she was trying to say. And yes, she should have said sorry and addressed people. But it's just like, obviously, we know like Whoopi's not hateful and she doesn't, she's not one of those people that are like, the Holocaust doesn't exist. Like, you know. What I don't understand is they let her come back on to give the apology, which she did graciously, and then said, "Um, thank you for the apology. You're also not welcome back. But then she went on, I can't remember what late night show because I go to bed by 10. It could have been Jimmy. Think it was. But she mm-hmm. went on. was like, yes, I misspoke. But what I meant was if someone had a gun, I can't, I'm really paraphrasing right now, so apologies. But she said, if someone had a gun up against me and a Jewish person, person, they would be more inclined to shoot me because I am obviously black. You can't clearly tell what religion someone is. Exactly. anybody could be a religion, no matter the color of their skin. So right. what she was saying is black people because of the color of their skin are are instinctively attached just because of the way they look, not because of what they believe in. Right. right. That's what she that that's what she was saying. Yeah. And of course she didn't explain it. She has ninety seconds on the view to get her opinion across. Like and it's I understand. Trouble. It happens. 
but that's what she was getting at. And right. one one point on that is right now we are so everyone is fighting for themselves right now. To be honest, you have the Asian community that right. is currently being attacked by the most people that are attacking the Asian community are black people. That is very true. It's, yes. it's, it's very safe. Because you're obviously seen as black. Because you are. Right. You're not obviously, well, I guess Asian too, but you're obviously not seen as Jewish right. unless you're an Orthodox Jew. And that they have their own. Right. Too. Like, right. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, yeah, and everyone's just kind of fighting for themselves. So you have the Asian community saying, well, why should we support Black people getting killed? Because Black people are pushing us into train tracks and hurting us. And you have Black people saying, well, Asians and whites hate us. It's just so much vitriol that is going on and, and hate that, like, we are all on the same side. And yes. I mean, I do feel that a lot of this, and I know that a lot of this came from the previous administration. Yes. And, and like, I'm not saying it hasn't always been there, but I'm saying the uncovering and the deeper hate of, and the things people have done made it worse because of that administration. Yeah. yeah. Who child? I don't know, but at least, like, I'm trying to take the, not the high road, but trying to see, like, the silver lining of that nasty, disgusting administration. Because at least now we're having, like, real conversations and trying to overcome the the hard life that we have all lived during that administration. Even though it's all sucks. Like, everybody's just... Offended, persecuted, affected, etc. Right. I was like to say, everybody's out there just trying to survive. Okay. Poor whoop. Poor whoop. But does Whoopi get um like is she a part of the new color purple musical? Like, does she is she a producer on that? Or that's a good question. I I would want to say so, but I I haven't heard anything about her being involved though. Hmm. But I know well, she Oprah, should be. I know she should. I mean, <laughs> I know Oprah just announced the cast though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we feel? It's like Danielle Brooks is Shug. No, I mean not Shug. Um, Sophia. Sophia. And Taraji P is Shug. Mm-hmm. And Fantasia is Seely. Mm. And oh my. <laughs> I my, think, uh-huh. I was just going to say, my problem is with Suge. Like, even when I saw Danielle on Broadway, she ain't old enough to be Suge. You mean Sophia? I mean... Yeah, Taraji, Danielle... Wait, oh, wait, wait. Yeah. So, there was two things I meant, but yes. I Danielle's not old enough to be, in my opinion, to be Sophia. Okay. And also, when J-Hud was on Broadway, I didn't think she was old enough to be Suge. Mm. And Taraji should now. I guess yeah. she, she's old enough. But her yeah. and Fantasia are pretty much the same age, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, if anything, Fantasia's a little older than what Seely would. But the thing is, with the color purple, it goes through like kind of like a lifetime. Yeah, so right. So there's like, gonna be there has to be a. It's gonna be there's gonna be a lot point, of makeup. At some point, each actor will be um, age appropriate because it starts off with Seely as like a teenager, and then goes all the way until she's. I don't know how they don't say, but like her children are grown, so right. I would guess in her fifties or sixties. Yeah, I don't mind Olivia. <laughs> yeah. alive. Exactly. Alive. <laughs> I'm excited to see Taraji as Suge because I oh, think she'll do a really she's good done job. She will. Yeah. What I'm not most excited about is Fantasia's acting for this film. Yeah, blow it out the water. Like, oh yeah, vocally, 
Yes. But that's even if this movie has any, like... Well, I thought it was off... Is it a remake of the original, or is it a The Color Purple, the musical? Oh, that's a really good question. I didn't even think about that. I I thought it was the musical. musical. I hope so. I heard it's a mixture of both. They're mixing them both. Okay. Okay. I can live with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then who is Squeak? Her. 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 (laughs) That's an interesting casting, but I mean, Squeak's not like this big prominent character. I know, but like, her doesn't even have a... Maybe she does. You know what I'm always about? I'm always about giving a chance. I will never forget Heath Ledger. Yeah, same. <laughs> Every time I think of they can't do it, I think of Heath Ledger. He did broke back and then went over there and broke all of our backs playing the Joker. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, he didn't break my back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well. So anyways. Well, Ashley, it was really good catching up. I know. I haven't seen y'all in forever and a day. Nah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> Happy to be nominated as part of the ensemble of that. So definitely check out the ISA Awards coming up soon. And guys, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Please check out our podcast anywhere you can hear podcasts. You can also find me online. I am. I sound like, honestly... Uh, Quinta Bronson's character in Abbott Elementary is like, why are you breathing so hard? And was like, <laughs> you're breathing too hard. You need to quit moving so quick. Because <laughs> like, I'm excited. It's just like, hmm. You need to get mm, that check. I out. get that check. Uh, but follow me online. I am Darrell Anthony on Instagram and Darrell Anthony on Twitter. And, you know, I don't really use Facebook anymore, like Brain Say, because it's Russian. I haven't used Facebook until. I don't know. You can't even log in and cuss people out. Like, no, I literally can't. They're like, what's a code generator? I don't know. I haven't used it in that long. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram, though, separate from Facebook, even though it's on both, I'm sure. Uh, Mr. Braden Bradley. And I'm also on Twitter, Mr. Braden Bradley. I'm really fun on Twitter. And you can find me, Adam Andrew Rios, at Boxwine Poppy with a zero <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Um, my Twitter is not safe for work and it is locked now. So if you want to see what's going on, you're gonna have to follow me. So go do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, I just I couldn't have people from Perkins and Will trying to look at my stuff. Oh, not, right. not, not trying to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me, Ashley Mitchell, at Ashley Aaron M on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And yeah, that's about it. Word, well, word. we love that. Well, Ashley, we can't wait till you're home. I know. I hopefully will be home this week. I'm supposed to get my contacts in and then... Um, Where are you going to stay when you get here? <laughs> I'm staying with you. Shoot. Uh-huh. Uh, not sure if I have the room for you. Yet. You don't have my room set up? In my house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, my apartment is one room. And that consists of the dining room, the kitchen, the bedroom, the den, the study, the, uh-huh. the library. That's all mine. Okay, wow. <laughs> what do the cats sleep? They sleep in the goddamn dungeon. <laughs> Brain loves those cats. Well, guys, it was great catching up with you again. And we'll be back next week with all new episodes of Pride the Podcast. And watch out, because we're coming. Happy <laughs> New Year, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, bye, guys. Bye. bye. bye.